can do anything I want. Get busy living, or get busy dying. So can you. Zed's dead, baby. This was Zed's my dead. way. You're giving us something really bad. I have to go home. Yeah, you may be a superhero, buddy, but you're not invincible. You are home. You let me lie to you for a week? I was trying to be romantic. Come to the coast. We get together. Have a few laughs. We will not go quietly into the night. They may take our lives. I'm Mitch. I'm Stephanie. And we're the Film Underdogs. Welcome back to the Film Underdogs. Today we're going to talk about the screening of our 48-hour film project that Stephanie and I worked on. Uh, The movie was called Now Open. We went and did the screening at the Hollywood Theater. We met some of the crew ahead of time at the Moon and Sixpence and had some food and got to visit with them and for the most part it was kind of hard to hear in there but it was cool to like make our presence known and be like hey we're here and get to talk a little bit you know outside the whole thing and it's a nice cool uh, English pub. Yeah it was pretty good I had the fish and chips which was actually quite delicious and it's the way I like it. It had a good had a good batter on it and it wasn't like too hard or anything. So it was huge. Yeah, it was pretty good size too. That's always a good thing. When you get more than what you're expecting. Yeah. I got it's like shepherd's pie, but it was the English version of it. It was really good and tasty and it had, you know, mashed potatoes on top and then ground beef inside. Yum yum yum. Yeah, it was really hard to hear in there. We were just far enough down the table that with all of the background noise, the music, and everything that was going on, it made it hard to uh, participate in the conversation because basically we couldn't really hear the conversation. I know we ended up talking about movies a little bit, a couple different TV shows. It was a fun time to just sit around and talk shop a little bit and see what everyone's into and what they're enjoying at the moment. So after we got done um, visiting there at the Moon and Sixpence, we ended up walking down to the Hollywood Theater. Now, we weren't really sure how many people were going to be there, how big of a crowd. It wasn't that busy when we initially drove by. The line was all the way down the block, and that was for all the ticket holders. The people who didn't have tickets were going down the block in the other direction, and it was just as far down the block the opposite direction. So there were a lot of people who went to the screening. It was a lot of teams, but yeah, sure, it was only 14 teams, but everyone and their friends and fans. Yeah, definitely. We had a lot of people there. It was a lot of fun to see just that whole group of people. They were all there for the same reason. Everyone was very positive. Everyone was excited to see their film up on the big screen, which was very exciting for us. Yeah, I totally got the t-shirt, so now I can be like, been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. Of course, I have a rather large t-shirt collection, and so anytime I go somewhere, I've got to get a new t-shirt for it. I walk into a movie theater and ask for a large and plop down 15 bucks, and the first thing that came to mind was, wow, that's just like buying popcorn. (laughs) 
And by the way, I wasn't scoffing at your t-shirt collection. I was saying, oh man, you're right. You have a lot of t-shirts and they're really cool. Uh, it's got to be pushing 120 now. Oh my god. 120, 125, somewhere in there. I figure at 200 I'll slow down. <laughs> so we ended up getting into the theater with Derek. Derek and Corey were there and... Well, oh, Kayla. Kayla was there. Yeah, and I know Myra kind of sat farther away, and West as well. He kind of got there later, and then it was really cool because there was one seat open next to me, and who did arrive? Tojo. He arrived. Tojo. Him and I have a cool connection, so it was pretty cool. And Nate. Nate was there as well. He was sitting a couple rows up. He was there too. Yay. All right. <laughs> but okay. Ari wasn't there, and that was too bad. But. People have lives, and they can't be everywhere. In a pretty good seat just off to, uh, just off to the right-hand side, so we had a pretty good view of the screen. Um, wasn't a huge theater, but how many people do you think were there? I'm really bad at numbers. You're bad at numbers? Oh, I mean, gauging, like, how many people. I usually guess too much or too little. I can't... Too much or too little. I can't talk. Don't even... Talk. I don't know. I, I'd say there had to be... I don't know, 100 or better in there. About 200? Yeah, maybe. Somewhere in the 100 to 200 range was all in attendance to see our movie. Just ours. Just ours. Well, and maybe someone else's, but you know, mainly ours. Uh, Rob Hatch did a little intro on it, asked us to... Well, he did, like, he was a part of some kind of scavenger hunt. They have some thing going on. The dude who plays Castiel in Supernatural, he, like, started this whole scavenger hunt thing that's, like, all over the world. And then, like, people do random things, like acts of kindness and stuff. And you can be on a team from, like, you don't have to be all in one place. Your team can be made up of you, someone from a whole other country and all that. And you just have to, like, do things. And then you're, like, raising money for charities and stuff. His thing, like, the scavenger hunt was also... uh, doing random things and his thing was what brushing his teeth on film for like yeah he had to a minute he had to brush his teeth on film for uh two minutes somewhere in there it was a long time to watch someone brush their teeth but you know it was for a good cause so we all made sure to applaud and cheer and you know do that thing so kind of like uh geocaching but a little bit different of a process to it so that's pretty cool he did the intro rob hatch was the one that set up the 48 hour film project in the portland area he uh set everything up for it and then we got into the movies there were quite a few really good movies one thing that we really enjoyed was just the overall fact that all of these movies were made in one single weekend you had 48 hours to figure everything out, shoot it, edit it, get it done. And it was incredible to see the level of movies that came out of a 48-hour panicked rush. I mean, there were maybe two teams in that group that had 40-plus people, but the ones that did not, they definitely shined pretty bright there. Everyone did a really good job this year of the ones that we saw. We have a few that we thought we'd give a mention to. There's mascots. That was awesome. I voted for that. You know, we had to vote for three different films and 
that was the one I voted for. It just was kind of random, but then it was also hilarious to me. It was very creatively done, just like what they just got random mascots. I don't even know how. That's probably, well, it was just a comedy, right? That was a comedy. So they probably were like, oh, I have access to a bunch of mascot costumes. Let's do this. Yeah, that one, I think what they ended up doing, if I remember in the credits, there was a costume rental company where they got all their costumes from. That's one way of doing it, you know? They went for that. Now, I was a little disappointed in our movie that we didn't get the pink bunny costume in there and the green dragon costume in there. But after I saw that, I was kind of glad we didn't because it would feel too much like we were melding into what everyone else was doing. And we definitely didn't want to do that, especially not with mascot costumes, oddly enough. So it ended up being for the better on that one. Yeah, I thought that one, though, the mascot one was really cinematic. Just like some of the shots were really well played out, I guess. And it's hard to write comedy, and they did a really good job. Well, and they did the office style of filming where you have people talking directly to the camera, kind of a mockumentary thing going on. Uh, Different mascots that are hired out to do different events. So I thought they did a pretty good job on that one. There was also one that... I really liked, right now I can't find the name to it, but it was a horror movie that was, there was a horror movie that was filmed in a park, and unfortunately I can't find the name to the movie, Um, but what it was about is a serial killer who goes into a park, he spots a group of people sitting around, well, they were like, pot. weren't they like camping or something? Like they're planning to camp? Yeah, probably. But I know you get the kids out in the woods smoking pot, whether they're there to camp or whatever they're out there to do. He spots them, and one of them has to go off to the uh, woods to go to the bathroom, and you have serial killer comes up behind him and tries to kill him, and then there's a twist. The twist in it was really good. It's something that you're not quite expecting. And from that point on in the movie, everything's just flipped on its ear. And it was a very good twist and unexpected for a horror film. And I won't give it away because I don't want to spoil it for anyone who happens to find it online. But that one was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was really cool. And they're able to use some gore in there, right? Yeah. They had some gore. Not a huge amount, but they had some gore. I think they had one pretty bloody scene, and that was about it. Yeah, you're right. It was Um, more suspenseful than anything. Yeah. And that was kind of like ours. We had just the one really bloody scene, and that one was over the top, and it seems like they had had pretty much the same thing, where they just had one scene where they took it to a really bad level, you know? Or good level, depending on your particular taste. Well, there was that other one, speaking of gore, the one where they were kind of hiding out in this, I don't know, this one building to get away from whatever they're getting away from, and the, oh my god, the gore coming out of, like, the blood squirting out of that dude's leg, that was, I thought it was well done. I don't know about you, I know you're a makeup person, so... <laughs> Actually, I was really annoyed to see 
that particular scene because our movie was third from the end. And so I wanted to, I was really hoping that no one had gone too far on the uh, gore level or anything like that. And so I'm watching each of these movies and kind of evaluating how much uh, makeup was done. And, you know, nothing was like over the top or anything at this point. So I'm thinking, okay, well, that's good. There's a uh, special effects category for uh, the 48-hour film project. So, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm kind of racking up, okay, do we have a shot at it for this uh for the Portland area out of the ones that we're seeing tonight, or that particular night. And when I saw that one, that's when I just kind of went, oh. Because they did a really good job on, uh, there was a person with a really good gash in their leg, blood, wound, they did a great job on it. And so while I was disappointed in seeing it, it was a very well done makeup. And always tip my hat to better makeup, you know. Well, that film I thought was really well done. It was pretty suspenseful. <laughs> okay, so another one that I liked was Left of Sanctuary. Um, basically, you have a criminal who's put into a witness protection program at a church. And so they have Sanctuary there. And it's the story of... Him and his daughter and um, their time there at the sanctuary. And I thought that they did a really good job with that one overall. There was one movie that kind of stood out from everyone else. It was a movie that the name made us uh, all think, oh, we're going to have a fun and lighthearted movie. And that took a sharp left-hand turn and pretty much right from the beginning Dumped you off in uh, another town altogether. The movie was called When Gnomes Die. And it said it was a family film. Yeah, it was a family film. <laughs> and it wasn't that it was a bad movie. They did a good job on the acting. Definitely. I just mean, you know, it said it was a family film. Thinking like, oh, kids can enjoy this too. Yes, it's going to be cheery and fun, like you said. Yeah. The whole movie was about... A family whose child was killed while riding a bicycle. And it it went downhill from there as far as the happiness factor. And while it was done really well, it was kind of a downer. It brought the room down just a little bit. It definitely made you feel something when you saw that movie. Yeah, definitely. I... <laughs> I got close to tearing up there. It was just, I could feel the emotion, man. It was pretty sad. thing for me was I was really looking forward to it because of the name, and then <laughs> it just took the left turn, and I'm going, oh. And even at the beginning of it, when they showed the, they showed a bicycle that had been run over and a bloody shoe, but the way that was shot kind of made it look like it was, I don't know, made it look different than what was coming. Yeah. And so the whole movie was about the husband and wife dealing with the loss of their child. It was very well shot and very well acted. So 
kudos to the makers of that particular film. The purpose of film, short film or a feature length, is to make people feel something, whether it's excitement in an action movie, frightened in a horror movie. With comedies, you get to laugh. <laughs> yeah, and then you have the more serious films that make you think and make you a little more introspective and make you start tearing up. Not that I would ever do that at a film, of course. Really? Are you dead inside or something? Uh, I don't know. My eyes <laughs> may have betrayed me slightly. But, but. Come on, Turner and Hooch. You gotta cry when Hooch... Everyone knows he dies. He gets shot and it sucks and it's so sad. Come on, you gotta cry at that. If you don't, you're not a real man. I can't watch the end of that movie. I have to fast forward through it. So Oh, there you go. Yeah. I can handle when in movies, usually if a person dies, most of the time, no big deal. I mean, it's a big deal. It's an emotional thing, but it's not as serious. But when you stoop to the level of killing off defenseless animals, then... Or a child. Or a child. Yeah, then it's it's a little bit different. Yeah, and that's, that is the purpose of film, is to make you feel something. And I've got to say, that movie, for only having seven minutes, did an extremely good job of making you feel something. And the movie that, or the, the film that I enjoyed the most, which actually won, what is it called, audience favorite, or... Oh, did that win? Yeah. So, yeah, the film... That was my favorite, actually happened to win audience favorite for group C screening, the one that we went to, was titled Pangea, and it was basically a mockumentary, well that's what it was, the genre was, yeah, a mockumentary, and it was about the character, I remember the character's name was Stephanie, because, you know, that's my name, so... Uh, her and her boyfriend had broken up and basically, you know, her friends and his friends became a whole group and then once they broke up, they were split apart and it really sucked and the friends wanted them back together so they could all hang out and that's basically what it was about but it was just, it was really cute and it was, I thought it was quite hilarious and silly they did an excellent job, and I wish I could have been a part of that film. It was, I mean, it was really cool, because, like, I don't know, it just was my sense of humor. Like, it felt like, felt like I was a part of it. I guess that's how it was. It was, like, it made me feel a part of the film, just because it was more, with a mockumentary, sometimes they can do that, because it seems more realistic, like something actually is going on. I've never been one for the mockumentary style of comedy. And so, while Pangea was interesting, it didn't click with me because it just, it wasn't my thing. I don't want people talking directly to the camera. If I want to watch a documentary, I'll watch a documentary rather than um, having someone hamming to the camera. It just, I don't know, it hasn't, it doesn't work for me. But I thought they did a good job on the uh, film anyway, even though that wasn't my style. Then you probably won't like my film idea that I've had of, uh, I think someone else has had it before, but I thought of it before I heard about it, was uh, 
you know, a ghost haunting a family at their house. And it's basically a mockumentary kind of thing with the ghost's point of view of, like, you know, them doing, like, the talking head stuff and the family isn't part of it, really. The ghost doing the talking head? Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of cool. I like that. It's a different take on it. Just the, oh, look, I'm doing this and now I'm talking to the camera. Having a unique twist on it like that, that could be fun to do. And that could be fun to shoot, too, because you'd have to be kind of creative in how you show that the person sitting there is a ghost. Well, of course, my idea was originally the whole sheets, uh, the white sheet thing was going to be the thing to make it look kind of really too silly, but to just kind of put emphasis that it's a ghost. I don't know. I think there's ways of doing that. You could, uh... Of course, makeup can be involved, but I just was being silly and like, oh, it's a white sheet, but it means it's a ghost with the two holes for the eyes. Ooh. (laughs) Well, or you could take it to the level of Beetlejuice where they had done that at one point to, uh, scare, uh, someone in the family. I was actually thinking of Beetlejuice when I was talking about the white sheet thing, so... (laughs) Yeah, that's... It's definitely a doable thing, and then even having a uh, visual effect on there so that you can see through the person who's talking, you know, maybe have them do half of the stuff with the sheet and everything, and then, like, the last one, they actually take the sheet off and you see through them, and, oh, wait, this isn't a person sitting here with a sheet over their head. It's actually a ghost, that kind of thing, you know? Yeah, and I was picturing... um with the sheet on him, like, having a cigarette and smoking it, like, with a little hole for his mouth. <laughs> I don't know. Just that visual seems funny to me. Yay, someone's going to take my idea. <laughs> no. Okay. Copyright Film Underdogs, 2015. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie Crawford. I made it up. It was me. Okay, and as we sat through... What seemed like an eternity of films, you know, five minutes at a time, five minutes at a time, seven minutes here and there, you know. Of course, we're waiting for our moment. The moment that our film that we worked on flashes up on the silver screen and we get to see our work up there being projected and to sit with a group of, in the neighborhood of 100 to 200 people, all watching this and to uh, get to be a part of the audience reaction and see if what we thought was funny played to a group. So what was your reaction to our movie? Well, it was kind of the same thing of getting to hear other people's reactions, just like the, well, the part where it looks, you know, there was an explosion and West, his character... As like as if it's like what ash or something on his face. Yeah, it looks like uh, basically there's been an explosion in his face, ash and burnt. Kind of cartoony. Yeah, that was the thing that we were going for was cartoony on the whole thing. Where I took my inspiration from, where they mentioned what they wanted was Home Alone, where one of the bad guys had gotten electrocuted and he had his hair standing on end and he's all burnt and uh, sooty in the face. And that's the first thing that came to mind when they mentioned it. So I kind of uh, borrowed from that 
for that particular scene. Yeah, well, that was the one I am thinking of now when I, when I was watching it. It was just cool to hear some people kind of laugh at it, and it was really cool to see that part on the screen. I don't know why that part just I was excited to see on the big screen. The big gory scene, of course. <laughs> that one I was extremely excited about just to see everyone's reaction. Yeah, I think everyone was sitting there waiting to see how that one was going to play out. Uh, there was a really messy murder, and the messier the murder got, the better the reaction got. It just, I think it played about, I don't know, just a couple seconds longer than what people were expecting or something. It just seemed to, at the very first part of it, there was kind of a gasp and a couple of chuckles. And as it progressed, everyone just started laughing. It really played well for the crowd. Totally. I was probably distracted because I was like, I have to take some pictures of some of the shots, you know, just to see it on the big screen. I saw, you know, most of the part that I worked on the last scene on there, on the big screen, but I was like taking pictures at the same time. I'm like, I want to take pictures. I don't, eh, whatever. But I still saw it. And then I was, was going to cool. do the same thing, but... I just got caught up in the moment and actually decided, you know what, instead of taking a picture for everyone else, I'm going to enjoy this for myself and it's my moment to see my makeup up on the screen, see the effect for the murder scene uh, up there on the screen. I just decided I was going to enjoy it and I was hoping that my wife or Stephanie would get pictures throughout it and then of course of the credits at the end yeah i did i guess i forgot to post the picture of of dana with the makeup on facebook sorry i think it was because it was before it went online so i just kind of forgot to do that you'll see that pretty soon then it'll be up there and uh, of course you know the credits came up <laughs> yeah the Yay. credits came up and that was our moment of glory getting to see our names up there on the big screen. Makeup effects. Assistant editing. So it was a very cool experience to uh, see that. And it was kind of surreal to see something up on the big screen. Especially being the first thing that we had done. Um, people did pay to get in and see the movies or the films. And, you know, so they paid to see my movie. And Stephanie's movie. I like it. You know, they were there to see us. Yeah. It was a very positive experience seeing everyone's reaction to the movie that we had made, but also getting to see all of the other films that all these people had put their time in over one weekend to film. It was a very, a very good feeling, and it felt like a very... Uh, community feeling at that moment we all got it done and that we were part of something pretty big well we were part of something that will go beyond just us mm -hmm. we weren't the only thing involved in it it was a whole group of people got together and created this film that now lives on vimeo if you look up now open on vimeo you can see the movie or if you search for Derek Willis and then go through his movies, you'll see it listed on his page as well.
Guess what we just found out today? It's on IMDb. We have film cred. Yes, we do. Our names are up there. You know, you can go there and look for, I don't know, Christian Slater or uh, whoever the new kid is out there right now. Christian Slater. (laughs) I don't know. You can go and look for uh, whoever you want and you can go and look for us and see the beginning of our film careers. This is the beginning of our journey. What a big adventure. And hey man, I totally, you know, got the guts to keep up with my networking, try to get some more skills in there. And afterwards, after the screening, I caught up to Derek and said, hey, you know, do you have any projects, you know, I could do some shadowing for editing. And he said that there's something available for me that he'll definitely get my name out to one of his friends to help them with editing and have more of a learning experience. And uh, I'm really excited about that, that he still has me in mind for future projects and I can do it. That's very cool. I'm glad that he is keeping you in mind because you did a good job on that. And especially for not having a huge amount of experience with it, it, uh, your part of it came out really good. You know, you did a lot of work getting everything lined out. He remembers it. So that's a very good thing. And then, of course, I had a chance to, I think we both did, we went around and were able to talk to everyone that was involved with it for a few minutes. was able to talk to Derek a little bit more about the project that uh, he wanted to work with me on. And we worked out a few things. I got the script. And so at the moment, I am going to be working probably this next week on kind of a mock-up a part of what uh, he wanted to uh, see on film just to show him what I can do with it and see if it's the direction he's wanting to go. If not, you know, I can adjust it and make some changes so that it fits the uh, direction that he was wanting to go with it. And you're going to use my friend and your wife Casey as a guinea pig on that, huh? Yeah, it's going to be her leg and her (laughs) tattoo that is underneath all the nice makeup, so... It'll be a lot of fun to get that done and display what can be done with the uh, concept, which, of course, we'll talk about more at a later point. I don't want to give too many things away right now. I can tell you this. It's going to be cool whenever it gets done. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Let's talk about film. Okay, so the film we saw this week was They Live. From 1988, Uh, it was a John Carpenter movie. So a couple weeks ago, Rowdy Roddy Piper passed away. And we decided we wanted to do something kind of special to have a little fun with one of these. But also pay homage to Rowdy Roddy Piper. I was pretty young wherever I saw it. They lived for the first time. If you haven't seen it, They Live is about a homeless drifter. That would be John Nada, Rowdy Rowdy Piper. He finds work at a construction site, kind of day labor kind of thing, and ends up meeting Keith David, whose character was Frank Armitage. They, of course, become friends in the movie, and they start going through kind of a homeless camp that was set up on more of a permanent scale, and it's across the street from this church. Well, through a series of events, John Nada 
finds a pair of sunglasses that has a very weird side effect. The sunglasses, he puts them on and he can see, he's looking at a billboard and he can see a different message than what was on the billboard. Basically, he can see the truth. He can see the truth. Pretty much. Actually, that's a good way of putting it. Uh, there were different messages on the billboards and on pretty much any form of print media. Mm -hmm. Billboards, signs, books, money. The messages were things like conform, work, obey, no independent thought, which I thought was an interesting one. Sleep. Consume. Uh, marry and reproduce. That was on a nice <laughs> billboard with a lady in a um, bikini. So that was very appropriate for that one. Well, it's for a Caribbean cruise, so... Is that what Honeymoon. it was? There you go. And another one was stay asleep. All these messages were um, subliminal messages put out by someone to control our thoughts, control our uh, emotions and how we live our lives. But no one gets to see it unless they have on these special sunglasses. The other thing that showed up was there were transmitters put around that would play messages and unless you were wearing the sunglasses you couldn't hear the message. They're constantly playing these messages of stay asleep, go to work, watch TV, whatever. All to keep people from seeing what's really going on around them. And then, of course, the biggest thing that the sunglasses showed was aliens. Well, could be aliens. I think that's what they had called them in the movie. It was a very well-done makeup effect, actually. It was a kind of a skull effect with a little bit of tissue over the top of it. And it wasn't bloody or gory or anything like that, but it definitely stood out from the average person. And they had bugged out eyes, too. Something else I thought was very interesting was anytime they are looking without the sunglasses on, everything's in color. They put the sunglasses on, everything's in black and white. Well, that makes sense symbolically. Yeah. They're showing you this is what the truth is. The messages on the billboards and stuff were all pretty much absolute black, and the background was absolute white. There was no gray, there was no, there was no design. It just went to white paper, black word. So as he looks around and sees the aliens around him, he kind of freaks out a little bit because, well, this is unusual. You know, all of a sudden he's seeing people for what they really are. And the people who were aliens were very specific people. It wasn't the uh, work-a-day blue-collar kind of guy who is a alien. It was the upper class. It was the uh, greedy people. That was the theme through the whole movie was greed and a focus on capitalism is what is destroying the planet and America. So you had this very, it was a very political statement. Oh, I don't know. I think, I think it still is somewhat destroying the world and, well, America, but it's getting a little bit better, but society still puts these rules out there and I guess they want some kind of structure 
Well, and one thing that kept coming to mind was it's talking about media controlling our minds and stuff like this. And the whole time I'm watching the movie, I'm thinking, wow, we have cell phones in our pocket. I had my cell phone out a couple of times during it, and this is what made me think about it. We have these devices that are basically controlling us. Back in the time when they made the movie, they were talking about TV. There were uh, hackers that broke into the TV station and uh, were putting out these messages. So it's all about telling you, well, if you are watching TV, you're being controlled, you know, this kind of thing. Our cell phones have kind of taken the place of the TV, and here we are sitting in front of our cell phones going... Yeah, like, I don't go hang out with people, like, in their home setting a whole lot. So, lately I have, and I've noticed, I thought I was the only one, you know? It's like, oh, I'm going to hang out at home just a little bit, and I'm usually, like, on my phone (laughs) looking at whatever instead of going on my computer or whatever, but... And then hanging out with some friends at their home, that's what they do for fun, and they're hanging out, there's two of them there but they're on their phones and they're like, hey, look at this. Hey, look at that. And it's like, what? I didn't know this is really what it's turning into, that it's actually literally like this. Yeah, but let's not stray too far off. (laughs) No, we could really go down the rabbit hole and start talking about the technology and everything, which I'm not a technophobe. I like the technology. I think it has a place, but I think people tend to let it take over their lives a little bit too much. And I think that's kind of what the movie was saying, is we need to think for ourselves instead of letting media control what we're thinking. Yeah. You know, I try to think for myself. I go by the beat of my own drum, and, you know, there's stuff people think this is the end thing, so I have to do it, because that makes me popular and awesome. But no... Like, you should do it because you want to, and because you like it, and that's what I think. I'm not all, I'm going to go do this because everyone else is. It's like, oh, that's cool. Oh, people like it too. Oh, well, that's cool too, you know. You know, the world being a better place is kind of what it's about. We want to do something that's going to live beyond us, and hopefully help people out in the process, whether it's giving people something they can laugh at, cry at, something to make them think and change their world a little bit. Maybe just change a viewpoint or two. I think that's kind of the point of film, too, is uh, going back to feeling something. If what you're watching doesn't make you think or make you feel something, then what's the point of it, you know? And I think film has a strong possibility of helping to change the world and making the world a better place. There's a lot of movies and documentaries out there that really push the boundary on that, so that that's not a bad thing. And so as John is trying to um, show Frank what he's seeing, he's trying to get him to wear the sunglasses. Frank, who uh, is freaked out by the events of the previous day that happened with John and it's all over the news and uh, various things. So Frank is not wanting anything to do with this. And in the process of John trying to get Frank to wear the sunglasses, they get into one of the iconic fights. Uh, Usually if you have a 
top 10 um, fight scene kind of um, list going on, or definitely a top 20, this fight will be mentioned somewhere in that list. Because it's just one of those fights that it's between the good guys, which is odd enough, but it's pretty brutal. They're getting hurt, and they keep getting up wherever you think, okay, it's over. Then they get up, and they start it again. And it goes on and on. I don't know what the end count on it is, but it's actually an extremely long fight scene. And you think at certain points, there is no way they would be moving past that and they don't get up at the end of it and just stroll off into the sunset and call it good and you know oh that didn't hurt at all no they're limping away from this fight and the next few scenes when you see the characters their faces are all puffed out from the um, beating they both just gave each other and they're kind of limping their way through uh so that particular fight scene was Probably one of my things I was looking forward to the most out of this movie. It went on forever and ever, man. Yeah, it was a long fight scene. Um, Very exciting. There was no real martial arts, although Rowdy Roddy Piper, being a wrestler, of course, had to um, do a couple of the wrestling moves on the uh, on Frank. You know, that's to be expected. It's a particular style of uh, fighting that he would have. So, all right. Although I'm not sure that a, just a steel worker or a construction worker would necessarily pick up that particular style. But, all right. You know, you can suspend your disbelief a little bit there. The other thing that I wanted to talk about on this was this movie was chock full just from beginning to end with really bad one-liners. Uh, most of the one-liners aren't appropriate for a family-friendly show, so I'm not even going to go into the majority of them. But the worst one, in my opinion, this is the one that took the cake and made me want to throw popcorn at the screen, was when they got done with the fight scene, they are trying to get away from all the aliens and everything. At this point, Frank saw him, so they're trying to get off the street. So they go and they rent a hotel room. As soon as they walk in the door, they shut the door of the hotel room, and John says to Frank, Ain't love grand. It made no sense in the context of the scene. Maybe there was something else that was cut out that made it make sense, but there were one-liners like that through this whole movie, and most of them just didn't mean anything in the context of the movie. And so while I enjoyed the movie overall, and I really enjoyed the uh, subject of what it was saying, that greed is bad and we need to fix the problem, there were so many weird one-liners that felt so out of place that it kind of took you back out of that movie. Wait. Greed is good. Gordon Gecko, come on. Yeah, it depends on what movie you're watching, I guess. I actually think this movie predates Gordon Gecko by a little bit, but not much. It brings to the forefront of your uh, thoughts, are we really asleep? Are we not paying attention to what's going on around us? Uh, are we really being controlled to this level? 
I don't know. Um, I have my own opinions on that, but that's a conversation for another day. Same here. And maybe another podcast. I don't know. I've already got another two in the works, Miz. We'll add a third one on top of it. So what did you think overall of the movie? I thought it had a good message. It definitely holds up for today's world, today's society. We can still, you know, we could go on and on about it, have a whole other podcast, like you said, just talking about the similarities to then and now, you know. Yeah, I thought the uh, overall message actually seems to stand out maybe even truer today than it did back in the 80s. Yeah, technology, like you said, is a big part of that. Yeah, it made me really stop and think maybe I spend too much time on my uh, electronic devices. Ironically enough, since I'm talking to my computer right now, (laughs) and I'm whispering into the ears of all you people. Whispering sweet nothings. (laughs) Okay, so I think that's going to wrap it up for They Live. The next movie we're going to review is called Chef. The actor slash director, John Favreau, he's acting in this one, directing it. But yeah, John Favreau, John Leguizamo, they're buddies in that. Anyways, so John John Favreau plays a chef who works at a fancy restaurant, but he's into, you know, creating his own stuff. And his manager, the manager there, owner, whatever, is like, hey, no, my my way or the highway kind of thing and so he just wants to get creative and he starts up a whole food truck thing and it's really about him bonding with his son so it's it's kind of a touching film and it's pretty cool so can't wait for that one. Oh, and do not watch it while you're hungry because <laughs> they focus on food a lot and it looks delicious and that one is up on Netflix right now if you guys want to watch it. That way you can listen in and see what we think of it and shoot us an email or something. Let us know what you think of it as well. So I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Film Underdogs. Hey guys, remember to check us out on Facebook as always. Film Underdogs on there. Twitter, at Film Underdogs. Okay, and one exciting thing is we've recently got up on Stitcher. So if you're using Stitcher to uh, download your podcast or stream your podcast, you can find us there. Please uh, make sure to follow us. Give us a good review if you're enjoying the show. That'll help get us some more listeners. We are also on uh, TuneIn. Same thing. You can go ahead and find us on there. Follow us and give us a good review. We want to uh, get as many listeners as we can for the show. And one way that we can do that is if you guys follow us, uh, give us a review. And also, if you know someone who might be interested in the show, share the information. Let them know about it. Share it on Facebook with all your friends. So shoot us an email, too, maybe. That is filmunderdogs at gmail.com. Until next time, remember to always... Follow your dreams and stay inspired.
get to touch people's lives with what I do, and I love it. And I want to share this with you.